Hello and welcome to the Sportscast podcast. This week we are joined by our new regular guest. We have a look back at last week's Brazil Formula One, the week's worth of cricket, football and mainly discuss the VAR controversies from last week and what they could do or if they could improve it. So, Jordan, we are joined this week by our new co-host, and it's not the 1978 Formula One world champion, but it is James Hunt. James, welcome. Uh, good evening, guys. Cheers. Thanks. I've uh, been looking forward to this for quite a while, so I really do appreciate you having me on here just for a chinwag. I like it. Cheers. It's all right. I think you'll you'll definitely have a bit more of the football uh, side of things. It means I can then look go back to looking at other things, but... The main talking point of the afternoon will be the football. So, Jordan, do you want to kick us off with a follow-up of the Brazilian Grand Prix? Yeah, start with Formula One. Uh, a couple of bits to talk about on the Brazilian Grand Prix and then just a bit of a talking point around uh, the Super Licence. So, Brazil last week was a fantastic race. I know that even non-Formula One fans that just kind of watch it kind of, kind of casually love Interlagos. It's a fantastic racetrack and it delivered a fantastic race. Um, unfortunately, Magnussen and Albon out even before the first corner um, with just a bit of a tangle. Um, also caught up in it with Danny Rick and Oscar Piastri, um, who never really recovered, but the result of the Formula One from uh, from Brazil was Max Verstappen, of course, taking the victory. Lando Norris in second and Alonso and Perez in third and fourth. Now, did you guys watch the Formula One last week? Did you see the battle between Alonso and Perez? Uh, myself, no. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Jordan. I, I didn't watch it last week, but what amazes me more about the Perez thing is that he started ninth on the grid and he fought, it, he fought his way through. He did. It, it was absolutely fantastic. And I mean, he, he, he did he deserve third? Did he deserve fourth? Like, both, both drivers drove absolutely fantastically it was probably the the best battle we've seen all season i mean alonso was taking some really unusual lines to try and reduce the effectiveness of the drs um on that on that red bull which we know has been unbelievable but it came down in the end to a 0.053 second gap for the finish, which was literally a photo finish. I would say there wasn't there wasn't a um, there wasn't daylight between the cars, were there, when they crossed? No, not at all. It, it was fantastic. It was absolutely amazing. So if you've got if you haven't already seen the the highlights, go back and watch the highlights. It's fantastic. The big one is next week. Um, big one depending on who. You're <laughs> Commercially, commercially, the big one is next week. Yes, commercially, one, $1.3 billion is what KPMG have predicted is the economic activity over the four days that Formula One is in Las Vegas. So I know that Monaco generates, that, that weekend generates 4% of Monaco's GDP for the year. Um, so I'd love to know what that is for Vegas because that is, uh, surely that's... Drop in the ocean for what Vegas gets. 
Yeah, no, the Vegas, I mean, some of these casinos turn over, uh, they make like $600,000 profit per day, profit. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah. just to be able to kind of 1.3 billion is kind of a drop in the ocean for Vegas, but it's a big one. It's the first time we've had the race there. The, 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 uh, Formula One as a sport um, or as a, as a company is taking a direct uh, margin from the from, from the Las Vegas Grand Prix rather than um, kind of having a bit of a, a race fee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it will be fantastic. There is some controversy. I mean, I'm interested to see what they do with the pit lane. I don't know if you've seen this, but the pit lane exit is basically on the apex of a hairpin corner. And oh, you're not, kidding. A bit like Baku or worse. It's worse. It's, it's way worse. There's no, there's, there's the line, the, the pit exit is as long as my driveway, which is not very long. No, the, I think the the other issue is going to be weather, the conditions they're looking at. It's looking at four degrees for race night. And the current coldest race that's ever been is Canada at five degrees. And the best analogy for the racetrack is... It's been compared to Homer Simpson with the pig in the film, where it got upside down. So it's, it, there's a lot of long straights. So tire temperature is going to be a massive problem on a track that's going to be four degrees. I think we are going to see problems. Mm. Just before we move on from the Formula One, I wanted to um, pick up on this interesting little bit of information that I found out this week. So. Um, if you want to race as a Formula One driver, you've got to have your super license. Yes. So um, did you know that the drivers have to pay for that super license every single year to the FIA? Uh, yeah, but I didn't know how much. Yeah. Is it an astronomical amount? Is it, it? It's not an astronomical amount if you're Logan Sargent, but let me explain. So <laughs> the, the base fee for a super license is €10,400. Okay. However, every point that you earn in the previous season you yeah. have to pay an additional 2100 euros so for example logan sergeant that's why i mentioned logan sergeant he's only got one point in this in this season uh, so we'd have to pay 10400 euros plus the 2100 euros so he's only so, paying 12 and a half grand so max is another max is another 100 grand max no, max max has currently got 524 points so he would be paying 1.1 million euros. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. He's probably on like a 40, 50 million dollar contract per year. Yeah. With Red Bull. And, and Red Bull will probably pay that for him anyway. Yeah. But the price of success is, is 1.1 million euros. And I mean, potentially he could cost himself another 100 grand. We've got two episodes left. Sorry, two episodes, two races left. Uh, and with 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 up to 52 points um up for grabs so potentially max could cost himself another 104 grand um if he wins which i don't think it'll be in the forefront of his mind but i just thought that was a no, yeah. bit of information didn't yeah I, did, I, did, I didn't i didn't know i knew they paid but i didn't know they have to pay them per point and yeah it uh yeah that is quite uh quite an interesting one yeah. this week also we saw the final group stages of the cricket world cup which sees the semi-finals this week have you caught anything of it james uh yeah i've caught a few bits and bobs of it um but i think i think with the dismal performance by england i don't think many english welsh scottish or whatever people have really been 
overly interested in it. No, uh, and, yeah. and considering and considering England uh, uh, or were um, defending champions, you, you thought there would have been a bit more interest within it. Yeah, I mean, they. Am I right in saying they lost their first game by nine wickets? Yes. Now, when you're the defending champion of a World Cup and you kickstart the new competition with such a piss poor performance, is anybody then going to be interested? I, I'm, I don't think so. No, England have been absolutely trounced throughout the World Cup. And I mean, I'd, I'd rather, I personally would rather sit and watch India versus Australia or, well, India or Australia rather than my home yeah. team because. It's not interesting cricket. It's like watching the like. It's like watching. Moment two years old, but yeah, it's like watching Premier League versus Conference mm. North. It's, it's it's not entertaining yeah, yeah. to watch your team get absolutely trounced on the field. No, I mean I've, they had a win against pa- Pakistan um, yesterday on Saturday. They 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 beat Pakistan, um, but they've only won three games throughout the entire tournament. Pakistan, Bangladesh. And the Netherlands, well, two, two of the two of the three, you should absolutely, you know, you should be all over it anyway. So, Bangladesh, Netherlands, you should beat them anyway. Yesterday's result against Pakistan, yeah, it was a little bit. I mean, they only beat them by ninety-three runs, you know. So that's not convincing. It's, it's, well, it, well, it, I'll, I'll be honest, I disagree. I think it is because in fifty-over cricket, you're only you're only sticking. Between two eighty and three sixty as an average, so that is probably by thirty three percent. That's that that would be quite a bit, but they lost to Afghanistan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they to only I, I say only ninety three runs, and I get what you're saying. There is that percentage there that yeah, it is only fifty over. I get all that, you know, and I say, I, I get what you're saying in regards to the ninety three runs. Um, you know, the percentage, you know, only 50, 50 over cricket. But when you're the defending champions of a World Cup, yes, you should be doing, you should be, you are not only should you be doing better, you're expected by a nation to do better. And England have not, no, you look what India are doing, India are the host, the host country. They won all nine games going into this, they've got. They're playing New Zealand on the fifteenth in the sem- first semi-final. They've they've stood up to those expectations from a nation, and I I personally think by watching it throughout this World Cup in little dribs and drabs, I think India are going to go on and win it, um, and I think they're going to win it solely based on that they are on home ground. They've got that home advantage with the crowd, and they're a very passionate team, and I think they're really going to. I think, yeah, I think you've got you've got India, New Zealand on Wednesday in the semi-final, South Africa, Australia on the Thursday, and I think that's got India, Australia written all over it on Sunday. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I I think the Aussies the Aussies haven't played amazingly well throughout the World Cup, but we know not just through cricket, but through whether it be be rugby and, and other uh, you know they 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 step up to these big occasions. Yeah. I think the Australians are going to come strong against the, the, the Afrikaans on on the 16th. And I think they're really going to put the wings up a little bit. Yeah. It'll be a great final next Sunday. I really do. Yeah, I, think I, I agree. Just a little bit on boxing. There was a lot of talk for December time to be Usage Fury, 
Joshua Wilder and Eubank Ben as like one big super event. But I think after Fury being pushed a little bit further than what he wanted the other week, it looks like he's not going to fight until maybe February. And there's talks of Joshua fighting the guy that Fury dubiously beat. So I can't see any big, like big British boxing events coming up anytime soon, unfortunately. But football, I think, starts off, we, you know, early on last week, there was a game, Spurs versus Chelsea. Did anyone catch any of this game? Uh, I, I've been, to be honest with you, um, I haven't been, I hadn't watched the game, but I have been watching kind of, I've been asking the Alexa constantly. And every time I asked, uh, either asked my phone or Googled it or asked the Alexa or whatever, there seemed to be another scoreline. It was probably the first half alone was the most exciting half of football, I think, until maybe today But um, of the season. Th there was 17 minutes worth of VAR. There was three disallowed goals. It was one all at half-time. There was a, a red card. There should have maybe been another two. It was just carnage, absolute carnage. And I, we'll get probably into a little bit more depth as to why um, around the VAR, but a couple of other results. During the week, Liverpool lost to Toulouse 3-2 in the Europa League, again, with a VAR controversy in that. Wayne Rooney has come into Birmingham, still not won a game, lost 3-1 at Sunderland. Millwall beat Wednesdays 4-0. Um, Wednesday still haven't got a result all season. And then the, probably the biggest result of the weekend, really, was today's Chelsea versus Man City. Has anyone seen any of that? Yeah, yeah. Great game. Did you watch? Did you watch it? Uh, no, I, unfortunately, I did manage to catch any of it this afternoon. But I was, I was keeping a close eye on it. Um, you know, throughout the, um, you know, the yeah, yeah, it all and whatnot. I was, I, I said to someone at work the other day that. I saw, I saw it being a draw, and if it weren't going to be a draw, I could see Chelsea nicking it simply because they'd be on a high after what happened against Spurs on Monday. Yeah. Well, they scored four. They scored four again, which yeah. they did on Monday night. Unfortunately, they conceded four. But Cole Palmer stepping up in the ninety-fifth minute with a penalty against his former club. You know, it was just just a very exciting game of football. But. Well, the thing is, I had a I had a hundred quid on four four. So if my boss is listening, I'm not coming into work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but the the big talking point this week out of football is unfortunately VAR. I know, you know that game was was 17 minutes of VAR in the first half, and then obviously the night before, James, your team felt aggrieved maybe with Newcastle, um, or, the, or two days before. But yeah. I don't think the ball was out. I think there maybe was a push, but and then Liverpool. So for me, I think I think what really brings it to light as well, Liverpool midweek against Toulouse, ninetieth ish minute, and they score a goal, three three, and the 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 VAR went back to a handball. The ball hadn't gone dead in between. But it was a, it was you know it was a while ago kind of thing. It wasn't you know it was in the build up. It was a bit innocuous. No one called for it, and and VAR had sort of gone back. And 
it took a while to get to it but also how far so obviously me me and you james have grown up watching rugby where tmo's been in for a long time and again that's getting a little bit silly but is var right for football I think VAR is right for football. I think I think we should have a video assistant referee or, or some kind of thing like that in every single sport to be used as a as a double check as a backup. You've got um, you've got the Hawkeye in tennis. You've got the you've got the fourth match official in rugby. You've got cricket. All of these sports use this. Or all other sports, should I say, other than football, use video referees or, or replays in a really, really, really effective way. But since VAR has come out in the Premier League and, and, and around the world in World Cups, all it seems to do is cause more controversy. And I think the reason for that is is because there is more kind of... It's not as advanced, uh, but also there's more data points to look at. In tennis, the ball is either in or out, whereas how like in your example how far do you go back to in in rugby how far do you go back to review the penalty how far do you go back to review the handball um i mean in in terms of being advanced uh, a good example is the ball is out from one angle but in from another angle there's not kind of like a a hawkeye technology where it's an animation and it kind of i think there's a lot of conversation that needs to go on around var and its continuation in the game James? You there, James? We'll wait for him to come back in. 2023 ish. Yeah. You there? What are your thoughts on on the VAR then? I'm a big fan of VAR. I think VAR is a good thing. I don't. There's always going to be that. That controversy as to whether or not it's working or it's not now everything takes time to get going i get that and i understand that in the the the, the business of football and that type of money that is involved within decisions being made you can't allow for that time for it to work i get that i don't i think if we can adopt something similar to rugby in i know you can't everyone always wants to compare it to rugby because rugby works but rugby and football are two very very different games they're, they're one's quicker than the other there's a lot there's there's different type you know you have the respect in rugby towards the officials that you don't have in football so i think the referees have the time in rugby to to make that decision i think that if you're going to look at things in VIR and football, they should be, like in rugby, they should be done where play continues on, everything's happening, and then you have that TM, TMO, I say, T, that TMO, speaking to the ref, saying, right, stop the game, next time it goes at the play, bring it back to this phase of play, so to speak. Similar to similar to rugby, but I think there's a, there is still a lot to do, and going back to what uh, you said, Jordan, about the Newcastle Arsenal game, the ball being out of play, they have that technology to look down on the ball because they used it in the World Cup last year, am I right? Or the yeah. last year. And so that 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 technology is there. Why we don't adopt that, I do not know. Whether or not it's because these types of incidents don't happen enough 
for us as 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 a Premier League to go, do you know what? We need to get this in. It's it's almost like you need something drastically to happen time and time again for someone to go, yeah, okay, cool, let's 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 bring it in. But when you're playing with the emotions and the team of is it three points or zero points, come the end of the season, it means a massive amount financially and it means a massive amount to the fans as well. So it, it is a tough one. I think VAR will get there. We're just ironing out the creases at the moment. It will get there, but it will just take time. We just have to persevere with it. And if it wasn't for shitty P, uh, VAR, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> well, we'd have, we'd, have, we'd, have, we'd have terrible decisions and then complain that they haven't got VAR. Or exactly. We've done this for you, didn't we? I'm, I, yeah, I'm not a fan. And, and I think the problem is, and I've said it for years, and, and I think this is the, the big thing. In rugby, if, if, the ball, if, if, if the ball's held up, it's, it's a scrum five metres. If it's down, it's a try. In football, it's if the ball's gone over or hasn't. I mean, I know they've brought in goal line technology, which does work. But yeah, it's, 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 if it's a foul... It's a penalty. If it's not, it's play on. It's very difficult to to use it. But the bit I was going to get to, and I guess it bring back all them. But yeah, Sunday league football where you have two players stood opposite one another. The referee drops the ball, and you just kick shit out of each other's shins. But if you're you, if you're in an attacking position, then then you're going to feel aggrieved to it, and this is the problem. But but never going to please everyone. No, I get that. But but going back to the Liverpool game is in rugby you have you have a penalty advantage which can go on for a little bit until there's a significant amount of ground ground yes. gained. In football, obviously they don't have advantages usually pretty short and everything else. But the thing that happened on Thursday night for Liverpool, because they're in the Europa League, not the Champions League, is they That's- the, the the ball had the play had gone on quite a bit before you know how far do you bring it back because you would argue that advantage was i mean it was the other way around but they they gained the advantage through the foul but should 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 the referee should the tmo and, and it's happened a lot of the rugby world cup has kind of the referee's missed something and he's mm-hmm. gone back to something completely that you couldn't see as a referee you'd never see it and a, sky, a try be scored, and it'd be like, I want you to come back to this that happened two and a half minutes ago. And and it, it had nothing to do with the try, but it takes out the try. Should should there be a cut-off point, or should it only be a referee? Something happens, and he says, and you see it in rugby, you know, they just say to the TMO, can, can you check that back? And they keep play going. The should very it, simple. The should very it, simple be, should it be, should it be what the referee thinks may or may not have happened, and then they judge something based on what it happened. And don't forget, VAR is there for clear and obvious errors. So should there be a 30-second allowance for a goal check and a minute for an incident check? And that's it. Because, I think Because 17 very, minutes in yes. 45 minutes is, is horrific. Yeah, the very simple answer is yes. And I think there, in every single kind of organisation, whether it be a football match, a rugby match, the army... Uh, a, a retail store there has to be one individual that has the final say one individual that is in charge and yeah. the 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 supervisors in a retail store or the or the lieutenants in an army advising a general uh, i'm using analogies here but the the, the the fourth match official 
should be an advisory to the referee. If a try is scored, they rewind two and a half minutes and they look at a, a, an issue that was not kind of, uh, that, that didn't lead to any kind of alter, uh, any kind of interaction with the try and it wouldn't necessarily alter the, st- the, uh, the, the direction of the game, then the, the, the referee should have the final say. And I just feel like the VAR or the TMO or whatever it is, has way too much power and we we've gone football's been around for 150 years we've gone 147 of them or 146 of them trusting the individuals on the pitch where with with the whistle and the flags and now we're trusting the the fourth match official and uh, all the var and all is causing issues this is it i think now because there's var there's outcry that every single decision should be right and every single error should be picked up on which is why they get involved and that is that is the media that that is the fans problem do you not do you not think do you not think that football should maybe adopt a little bit from from other sports tennis do it cricket do it rugby do it where when the the var is making the decision or they're going through the motions of coming up the decision why do they not play it out to the masses well, I mean, so this, so this is it works very well in the in the rugby and yeah, the referee would like like an NFL where the referee would put the mic on and they would speak to, speak the, to, to the crowd. You know, they, I mean, I think they, they can hide behind their decisions in football, and that's that's huge. That's what pisses people off. That's yeah. what upsets a lot of fans. That you've got three, four blokes sat in a, a porter cabin two hundred mile away from the game. Yeah. make the decision and nobody knows what's going on with it and it yes yeah. i agree with that just to kind of interject with formula one as well so the formula one the the, the stewards who, who rule the race um, yeah. they generally are at the track but there are fia advisories and there are fia um kind of rule makers like heads of that are that, that sit in switzerland and pull the master strings and I agree that they they do hide behind their anonymity. I think I think that is the the the, the big thing, and um, I think if they played it live as they made the decisions and not, you know, and they they did that, I think there'd be a lot better decisions made a lot quicker. Right, that's all we've got time for. Join us again next week. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. And that's all we've got time for this week's episode. As usual, if you want to join us next week and catch us on our Instagram and X, aka Twitter, at Sportscast Pod UK. Yes.